14. And states where money does not circulate with great rapidity services are paid for, in kind, farmers, for example, will give potatoes, eggs, etc. in payment for debts. A young surgeon who had occasion to operate in one of these districts hopefully approached the husband of the patient and asked for his fee, which amounted to a 100. Duck, said the old man, I haven't much ready cash on hand, suppose you let me pay you in kind, well, I guess that will be all right, replied the young doctor, cheerfully, what do you deal in, horseradish, duck, answered the old man, the ferry boat was well on her way when a violent storm arose, the ferryman and his mate, both highlanders, held a consultation, and after a short debate the ferryman turned to his passengers and remarked, anxiously, We'll just talk your tuppences now, for we didn't come what mit come over us. No doubt, lend me ten. Tom, I think not. You won't? I won't. You've no doubt of my character, have you? I haven't. Well, why won't you? Then, because I have no doubt of your character, officer drilling recruits, hey, you, in case of fire, what do you do? Recruit, I yell. Officer, yell what? Recruit, why? What do you suppose? Cease firing. Doctor at door. To Butler, tell your master the doctor is here. Butler, the master is in great pain. Sir, he is receiving nobody. Young woman holding out hand, will you please tell me how to pronounce the name of the stone in this ring? Is it turquoise or turquoise? Jeweler after inspecting it, the correct pronunciation is glass. Once, in a rush season, an office boy was kept working overtime for several nights. He didn't like it and growled to his boss, you've kept me working every night till nine o'clock for three nights running now, and I'm worn out, Mr. Brown, I ain't no machine, I can't go forever, his boss gave a hard laugh, wrong, he said, wrong, my boy, you go forever next payday, the bellboy of the welcome hotel has invented an ingenious system of calling sleepy guests, the other night a man left instructions that he wished to be called early, Next morning he was disturbed by a loud tattoo upon the door. Well, he demanded sharply, I've got a message for you, sir. Yawning until he strained his face, the guest jumped out of bed and unlocked the door. The bellboy handed him an envelope and then went away quickly. The guest opened the envelope and took out a slip of paper bearing the words, It's time to get up. A Negro was brought before a justice of the peace. He was suspected of stealing. There were no witnesses but appearances were against him. The following dialogue took place, You've stolen no chickens? Mumbersaw. Have you stolen any geese? Mumbersaw. Any turkeys? Mumbersaw. The man was discharged. As he stepped out of the dock he stopped before the justice and said with a broad grin, Foda Lord, Squire, if you'd said ducks you'd a had me. A little boy, the youngest member of a large family, was taken to see his married sister's new baby. He seemed more interested in the contents of the baby's basket than in the baby, and after examining the pretty trifles, picked up a powder puff, much surprised at his discovery, and looking rather shocked. He said, isn't she rather young for that sort of thing? The alleged humorists, I can read my husband like a book. Then be careful to stick to your own library. My dear, I took that pretty girl from the store home the other night, and stole a kiss. What did she say? Will that be all? No kick coming merchant, look here, that safe you sold me last month you said was a burglar proof safe, and I found it cracked this morning and rifled of its contents, agent, well, isn't that proof that you've had a burglar, 
no nonsense about it the new vicar was paying a visit amongst the patients in the local hospital. When he entered ward number two, he came across a pale-looking man lying in a cot, heavily swathed in bandages. There he stopped, and after administering a few words of comfort to the unfortunate sufferer, he remarked in cheering tones, Never mind, my man, you'll soon be all right. Keep on smiling, that's the way in the world. I shall never smile again, replied the youth. Sadly, nonsense, ejaculated the vicar. There ain't no nonsense about it exclaimed the other, heatedly, it's through smiling at another chap's girl that I'm here now, to true screen actress, I had a certificate from my doctor saying that I cannot act today, manager, why did you go to all that trouble, I could have given you a certificate saying that you never could act, conservative he was a stout man, and his feet were big in proportion, he wore stout boots, too, with broad, square, sensibly shaped toes, and when he came into the boot shop to buy another pair, he found he had some difficulty in getting what he wanted, a dozen, two dozen, three dozen pairs were brought and shown him, Mumber no, square toes must have square toes, he insisted, but, sir, everybody is wearing shoes with want toes, they are fashionable this season, I'm sorry, said the stout man gravely, as he got up and prepared to leave the shop, I'm very sorry to have troubled you, I'm sure, but, you see, I'm still wearing my last season's feet, he had heard of them it was company field training, the captain saw a young soldier trying to cook his breakfast with a badly made fire, going to him, he showed him how to make a quick cooking fire, saying, look at the time you are wasting, when I was in the Himalayas I often had to hunt my breakfast, I used to go about two miles in the jungle, shoot my food, skin or pluck it, then cook and eat it, and return to the camp under half an hour. Then he unwisely added, Of course, you will have heard of the Himalayas. Yes, sir, replied the young soldier, and also of Ananias and George Washington. Mr. Goodsell, well, what do you want? Benny the bum, I wanna know can I borrow a red lantern off you? I find I gotta sleep in the street tonight and I'll have to warn the traffic to drive around me. What did he mean? A merchant in a Wisconsin town who had a Swedish clerk sent him out to do some collecting. When he returned from an unsuccessful trip he reported, Yin Yon Son say he will pay when he sells his hogs. Yin Molson he will pay when he sell his wheat and Bill Pack say he will pay in January. Well, said the boss, that's the first time Bill ever set a date to pay. Did he really say he would pay in January? Well, I think so, said the clerk. He said it been a damn cold day when you get that money. I tank that bane in January. True to a life Sandy had been photographed, and as he was looking intently at his picture, Ian McPherson came along. What's that ye have there? He asked. My photograph, replied Sandy, showing it proudly. What do you think of it? Man, it's fine, exclaimed Ian, in great admiration. It's just like ye, Tay. And with mit the like oh they cost? I dinna come, replied Sandy. I hinna paid yet. Monday, said Ian, more firmly than ever, it's awful like ye, what he preferred, and did you say you preferred charges against this man, asked the judge, looking over his gold-rimmed spectacles, no, your honor, was the quick reply of the man to whom money was out, I prefer the cash, what was the last card oi dealt ye, moik, a spade, oi knew you tea, oi saw ye spit on your hands before ye picked it up, during the period after the university examinations, when an unusually large number of students flanked, one of the boys went to his professor, and said, 
I don't think this is fair. Sir, I don't think I should have a zero on this examination. I know it, replied the professor, but we do not have any mark lower than that. The long-suffering professor smothered his wrath and went down into the cellar. Are you the plumber? He inquired of a grimy-looking person who was tinkering with the pipes. Yes, Duffner, he answered. Been in the trade long? About a year, Duffner. Ever made any mistakes? Bless your, Munger Duffner. Oh, then, I suppose it is quite all right. I imagine you had connected up the wrong pipes. For the chandelier in the drawing room is spraying like a fountain, and the bathroom tap is on fire. A bright little news entered a business office and, approaching a glum-looking man at one of the desks, began with an ingratiating smile, I'm selling thimbles to raise enough money to out with you, interrupted the man. Wouldn't you like to look at some nice thimbles? I should say not. They're fine, and I'd like to make a sale, the boy continued, turning in his chair to fully face the lad. The grouch caustically inquired, What and seven kinds of blue blazes do you think I want with a thimble? Edging toward the door to make a safe getaway. The boy answered, Use it for a hat. The lady was waiting to buy a ticket at the picture show when a stranger bumped her shoulder. She glared at him, feeling it was done intentionally. Well, he growled, Don't eat me up. You are in no danger, sir. She said, I am a Jewess. Sam, on board the transport had just been issued his first pair of hobnails. One thing's law, he ruminated. If I falls overboard, I certainly will go down at tension. Blood relations actor, are these poor relations of yours blood relations? Fulpers, yes, they are ever bleeding me. There had been a collision near Euston Station between a timber cart and a cab. The cart driver said, with mock sympathy, Oh, well, you can't help it. You're doing your bit. You and your horse and your blankety cabs all over age. You're doing your bit, too. Ain't your, was the cabby's rejoinder. A carrying of two lots of wood one in your cart and the other under your blankinet. Scotched. A parsimonious farmer notorious for the small rations he doled out to his employees. Said to a farmhand eating his breakfast. Jock. There's a fly in your parish. That does not matter. Replied Jock gloomily. It'll no droon. The farmer stared at him. What do ye mean? He asked angrily, that's as much as saying ye have the enough milk. Oh, replied Jock still more gloomily, there's mere than enough for all the parish I have. The brute, Mrs. Newlywood, what does that inscription mean on that ring you gave me? Archie, Mr. Newlywood, faithful to the last. My dear, Mrs. Newlywood, oh, how could you? You always said I was the first. The whole truth and goose, a mason was slipping out of the yard to get a refresher during working hours, when he suddenly ran into the boss. Hello, said the boss, pleasantly. Were you looking for me? I, answered Angus. I was looking for ye, but I didn't want a see The consumer inflamed, ever get any nice butter? queried old Grumpy. Supplying every day, replied his provision merchant suavely. Then why in thunder don't you sell it? asked Grumpy. How he did it first theatrical manager, do you have any trouble with the girl who was playing the flapper in your new show? Second theatrical manager, no, if she attempts to be skittish I just threaten to publish the photographs of her two sons who are lieutenants in the army. Reality a man, who was the father of a year old youngster, met his pastor on Sunday afternoon. Why weren't you at church this morning? Was the first question of the spiritual advisor. I couldn't come, was the answer. I had to stop at home and mind the baby, our nurse is ill. That's no excuse, said the pastor. 
it isn't? Well, next Sunday I'll bring him to church with me and see how you like it. Pure carelessness it was visiting day at the prison and the uplifters were on deck. My good man, said one kindly lady, I hope that since you have come here you have had time for meditation and have decided to correct your faults. I have that, mum, replied the prisoner in heartfelt tones. Believe me, the next job I pull, this baby wears gloves, a level-headed car irate motorist, say, this darn car won't climb a hill, you said it was a fine machine, dealer, I said, on the level it's a good car, suspicious it was while on maneuvers in rural England, and a soldier was being tried for the shooting of a chicken on prohibited ground, look here, my man, said the commanding officer to the farmer who brought the accusation. Are you quite certain that this is the man who shot your bird? Will you swear to him? No, I won't do that, replied the farmer. But I will say he's the man I suspect of doing it. That's not enough to convict a man, retorted the CO considerably nettled. What raised your suspicions? Well, replied the sturdy yeoman. It was this way I see him on my property with a gun. Then I heard the gun go off. Then I see him putting the chicken in his knapsack and it didn't seem sense know how to think the bird committed suicide. A wonder, that fellow Jones is a hard-headed cuss, remarked Brown. That's so? asked Smith. Yes, replied Brown. Why, he could read a patent medicine almanac and not have a solitary symptom of some disease. In a fix Mrs. Muggins, it's raining, and Mrs. Goodsoul wants to go home, and I had no umbrella to lend her except my new guinea one. Can't I let her have yours, Mr. Muggins? Hardly. The only umbrella I have got has her husband's name on the handle. Such. It was a very wet night. So Bill and his sweetheart decided to visit the picture palace. On the way she evidently was annoyed with her lover. For she turned to him. And said. Angrily. Oh wish the wood be up sucking thy teeth. It's so rude when people are about. Don't be talk so silly. He replied in aggrieved tones. It's my rubber eel pads that's causing that noise. Half and half Mrs. Murphy is very fat, and the other day, laden with parcels and packages, she was trying to mount the steps of a Dublin tramcar, helplessly looking on, stood the conductor, a diminutive little chap, Mrs. Murphy, having reached the platform, said, with a glance of withering scorn, if you was half a man you would have helped me up, the little conductor calmly replied, sure, ma'am, if you was half a woman I would, revenge is sweet, yes proudly announced the ex-captain, who was manager of a new seaside hotel. All our employees are former servicemen, every one of them. The reception clerk is an old infantry man. The waiters had all been non-coms. The chef was a mess sergeant. The house doctor was a base hospital surgeon. The house detective was an intelligence man. Even the pages were cadets. And have you any former military police? He was asked. Yes, he replied joyously. When there's a good stiff wind blowing we set them to clean the outsides of the windows on the 8th floor. No effect, you tell me, said the judge, that this is the person who knocked you down with his motor car. Could you swear to the man? I did, returned the complainant, eagerly. But he only swore back at me and drove on. A future financier, ma, exclaimed young Teddy, bursting into the house. Mrs. Johnson said she would give me a penny if I told her what you said about her. I never heard of such a thing, answered his mother indignantly. You're a very good boy not to have told. I wouldn't have her think I even mentioned her. Here's an apple, Sonny, for being such a wise little lad. I should think I am. Ma, when she showed me the penny I told her that what you said was something awful. 
and worth sixpence at least, a bad case, rather absent-minded, isn't he, extremely so, why, the other night when he got home he knew there was something he wanted to do, but he couldn't remember what it was until he had sat up over an hour trying to think, and did he finally remember it, yes, he discovered that he wanted to go to bed early, black superstition architect, have you any suggestions for the study, Mr. Quickrick, Quickrick, only that it must be brown, great thinkers, I understand, are generally found in a brown study, half a duck deep coming to a river with which he was unfamiliar, a traveler asked a youngster if it was deep, Mumber, replied the boy, and the rider started to cross, but soon found that he and his horse had to swim for their lives, when the traveler reached the other side he turned and shouted, I thought you said it wasn't deep, it isn't, was the reply, it only takes grandfather's ducks up to their middles, couldn't resist it, look here, began the youth, as he entered a butcher's shop, and displayed two lovely looking black and blue eyes, you have fresh beef for sale, I have, responded the butcher, and fresh beef is good for black eyes, is it not, it island, very well, I have the eyes, you have the beef, do you think you can sell me a pound or so without asking how I got ornament, I'll do my best, sir, the butcher cut off the meat, and received his money without another look at his customer, at the last moment, however, the old Adam proved too strong for him, look here, he said, handing back the cash, I'll make you a present of the beef, now tell me all about the fight, do you know anything about palmistry, Herbert, she asked, oh, not much, he answered, although I had an experience last night which might be considered a remarkable example of palmistry, I happened to glance at the hand of a friend, and I immediately predicted he would presently become the possessor of a considerable amount of money, before he left the room he had a nice little sum handed to him, and you foretold that from his hand, yes, it had four aces in it, young Harold was late for Sunday school and the minister inquired the cause, I was going fishing, but father wouldn't let me, announced the lad, that's the right kind of a father to have, replied the reverend gentleman, did he explain the reason why he would not let you go? Yes, sir. He said there wasn't date enough for two. My good man, you had better take the trolley car home. S.H. No ush. My wife wouldn't let me hit keep it in D.H. house. Mrs. Newlywed. Oh, Jack. You left the kitchen door open and the draft has shut my cookery book. So that now I haven't the faintest idea what it is I'm cooking. Going in that house over there, said the first tramp. I tried that house last week, I ain't going there any more, replied tramp number two, freed on account of the dog, me trousers are, trousers are what, freed on account of the dog, a question of locality, Bobby, said the lady in the tram car, severely, why don't you get up and give your seat to your father, doesn't it pain you to see him reaching for the strap, not in a car, said Bobby, it does at home, her soft answer they had had their usual altercation over the breakfast table, and Hubby exclaimed, what would you do if I were one of those husbands who get up cross in the morning, bang me things about, and kick because the coffee is cold, why, replied his wife, I should make it hot for you, he was wrong prison visitor, am I right in presuming that it was your passion for strong drink that brought you here, prisoner, I don't think you can know this place, Duffner, it's the last place on earth I'd come to if I was looking for anything to drink. Opening father's eyes, Papa, said little Horatio. Can you explain philosophy to me? Of course I can, answered his proud parent. Natural philosophy, my son, 
is the science of cause and reason. Now, for instance, you see the steam coming out of that kettle, but you don't know why, or for what reason it does so. And, oh, but I do. Papa, chirped little Horatio knowingly. The reason the steam comes out of the kettle is so that Ma can open your letters without you knowing it. Nice she had only been married a month, when her friend called to see how she was getting on. We're getting on fine, exclaimed the young wife. We had a joint account in the bank, it's such fun to pay bills by check. What do you mean by joint account? Asked the caller. Do you put in equal sums? Oh, I don't put in anything, was the explanation. Tom puts it in and I draw it out. Not needed O'Grady, and why do you want to sell your nightshirt? Pat, sure. And what good is it to me now when I've me new job a night watchman and sleep in the day toys? She could use him, Rostus, said the judge sternly. You're playing no account and shiftless, and for this fight I'm going to send you away for a year at hard labor. Please, judge, interrupted Mrs. Rostus from the rear of the courtroom. Will Johanna J. split that sentence? Don't send him away from home, but let that hard labor stand. Decline with thanks Farmer Brown was an old-fashioned farmer. He firmly believed in that quaint and worn-out saying, early to bed, early to arise. He couldn't get along at all with the modern type of farmhands. So, after thinking matters over, Brown decided to reform. After many trials he secured a strapping, big fellow, and resolved to keep that hand at any cost. Accordingly, the first morning he waited until four o'clock before he called him for breakfast. Get out of there quick if you want anything to eat. Thanks very much, said the new hand, but I never eat anything just before going to sleep. Managing the managers this conversation was overheard in the corridor of the offices of a large firm. Needless to say, the speakers were lady clerks, he's given me such a fearful telling off, said one, just because I couldn't find him his copy of who's who. Pooh, don't cry, you little silly, you've got to manage him, when you've been here six weeks, like I have, you'll jolly well tell him to buy a copy of Where's Which, and find his old who's who himself. A great light the skipper was examining an ambitious gob who wanted to be a gunner's mate. How much does a six-pound shell weigh? He asked. I don't know. The gob confessed. Well, what time does the twelve o'clock train leave? Twelve o'clock. All right. Then, how much does a six-pound shell weigh? Uh, said the youthful mariner. A great light dawning on him. Twelve pounds. The two flappers at the strand seemed barely in their teens. Yet their conversation stamped them as seasoned film fans. They were discussing titles of pictures in general and the tiny blonde expressed regret that the recent German importations had had their titles changed for American consumption. If they had only called that picture Dewberry instead of Passion, think what a hit it would have made. Her bobbed hair companion tossed her head and scoffed, don't you believe it? There's millions of folks never heard of Dewberry, but everyone knows about Passion. We will take as our text this morning, announced the absent-minded clergyman, consulting his memorandum the sixth and seventh verses of the thirty-first chapter of Proverbs, never suspecting that his vivacious son and heir had found the memorandum in his study on the previous night, and, knowing that his papa had composed a sermon celebrating the increased severity of dry law enforcement, had diabolically changed the chapter and verse numerals to indicate a very different text. The absent-minded clergyman turned to the place and read aloud these words of Solomon, Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish and wine unto those that be of heavy hearts. Let him drink and forget his past poverty, and remember his misery no more. 
You don't mean to say it cost you 7,000 to have your family tree looked up? No, 2,000 to have it looked up and 5,000 to have it hushed up. The aristocrat returning to school, my ancestors came over with William the Conqueror. The new girl, that's nothing. My father came over in the same boat with Mary Pickford. It was Judgment Day, and throngs of people were crowding around the pearly gates trying to convince St. Peter that they were entitled to enter heaven. To the first applicant St. Peter said, What kind of a car do you own? A Packard, was the reply. All right, said St. Peter. You go over there with the Presbyterians. The next in line testified that he owned a Buick, and was told to stand over with the Congregationalists. Behind him was the owner of a Dodge, who was ordered to stand with the Baptists. Finally a meek little individual came along. What kind of a car do you own? Was the question. A Ford, was the answer. You just think you own a car. You go over there with the Christian scientists. The housewife, my goodness. I don't believe you've washed yourself for a year. The hobo, just about that. You see, I only washes before I eats. The professor, a diamond is the hardest known substance. Inasmuch as it will cut glass. The cynic, glass. My dear sir, a diamond will even make an impression on a woman's heart. Boss, what do you mean by such language? Are you the manager here or am I? Jones, I know I'm not the manager. The boss, very well. Then, if you're not the manager, why do you talk like a blamed idiot? Huh? What's an actor? An actor, my boy, is a person who can walk to the side of a stage, peer into the wings at a group of other actors waiting for their cues, a number of board stage hands, and a lot of theatrical odds and ends, and exclaim, what a lovely view there is from this window. Is she making a rich marriage? I should hope to tell you, he is a butcher who has been arrested three times for profiteering. Sandy scored a pompous Scottish laird met a farmer one morning, and observed, well, Sandy, you're getting very bent. Why don't you stand up straight, like me? Eh? Monday, replied Sandy. Do you see yon field of corn? I do, said the laird. Uh, we'll, said Sandy. You'll notice that the full heights hang down and that the empty inns stand up, with a reservation, Miss Smith Belinda, sighed the young man, passionately, there is something I want to tell you something that I, what is it, asked the girl, as she leaned back in her chair, with a bored expression on her face, the young man drew a long breath, and his face turned to dull purple, it is a question which is very near to any heart, he said awkwardly, could you do you think you could ever marry a man like me, oh, yes, replied Belinda, quite calmly, that island if he wasn't too much like you, too smart a Chinaman entered a jeweler's in Liverpool and asked to be shown some, welly good watches, the proprietor, a Jew, being absent, the prospective customer was attended to by his daughter, who got out three watches, marked respectively five, four, and three ten s and laid them in a row on the counter, the chink, after looking very closely at them, called the attention of the Jewess to a watch on a shelf behind her, as she turned to obtain the watch he placed the higher-priced watch, in the place of the lower-priced one, and, not caring for the watch now shown him, said, me no likey that, I took a cheap a watch, paid three ten s and departed, soon the girl discovered the deception, and told her father on his return, never mind, my dear, said he, with a smile, those that just cost, 